everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Legal Leverage podcast. This week we have a wonderful guest on Josh Fletcher, also known as Anxiety Josh, who is a psychotherapist, author and podcast host who specialises in working with all things anxiety and panic. Josh has three best-selling books, Untangle Your Anxiety, Practical About Panic and Panicking About Panic. Josh is the host of the Panic Pod podcast, which is a podcast dedicated to all things anxiety, anxiety disorders, and the literature surrounding the psychology of anxiety. Today, Josh will be talking about all things anxiety, how anxiety has affected him, how it affects others, and what you can do to overcome and manage anxiety and panic. It's a little bit of a different episode we have here today, guys, but something that I think is super, super important for all of us as business owners to tune into. So welcome, Josh. Thanks so much for being a guest on our podcast today. Thanks. Thanks for having me, uh, me on, Babs. Uh, I, all variations of panic. <laughs> <laughs> all types of panic. Josh is a specialist in all types. <laughs> um, well, so it's, uh, sorry, on you go. No, I'm saying it's good that, 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 we, that we have that because every time you step into doing something legally, I think everyone has that yeah. kind of anxiety. So, you know, it's a nice, it's a nice link. I certainly did. Um, Absolutely. And I just, I think for the audience here as like small business owners, I mean, I know for sure, I, well, I'm a bit of an anxious Annie myself, but it's a, it's a, it's a real issue. It's a real issue for, for small business owners in particular, I would say to be dealing with um, anxiety day in, day out. So very, very apt. Yeah. um, That's what, when I, when I look at anxiety and when I do these chats, I'm really passionate about psychoeducation around anxiety now the anxiety we discussed there, and, I, and I've had that, you know, when you go into legal disputes, things like that. That kind of anxiety is something that we that we all experience, like that external. I'm worried about something external from me, whether it's yeah. I'm worried about this work, my career, money, finances, my relationship, friendships, going out, pandemics, you name it. And everyone has that anxiety. Everyone can experience that anxiety. Yeah. Um, but when anxiety builds up over time and all those things build up and build up and build up and build up and build up, we experience, can experience the other side of anxiety, the taboo side that people don't really like to talk about. And this is the kind of anxiety that's inwards. So you've got yeah. anxiety that's outwards and anxiety that's inwards. And inwards anxiety or, or disordered anxiety, what I specialize in, looks like when you experience panic attacks when you worry and misinterpret symptoms, when you spend hours ruminating about worry itself, when you feel detached and dissociated because you're so stressed. Um, That's called derealization and lots of people have it and scared of it and things like that. It's okay. Um, Yeah, there's many things. And I just think it's really important, you know, because we're going to talk about all things anxiety today. Yeah. But that distinction between external I'm worried about stuff this is normal worry you know like like job interview stuff you know why you're worried you know why you're worried before a first date you know why you're worried because your to-do list is piling up but then you've got that disordered catastrophic worry like everything you see is a catastrophe I'm obsessed with me how I feel how do I make this anxiety go away how do I make these intrusive thoughts go away um how do I you know and and it's really important to categorize anxiety into kind of two parts does that make sense it makes loads of sense and even from a personal perspective it's like you've just made it all clear totally clear um so so why is it so common 
Um, well, everyone has anxiety, um, but people get disordered anxiety. I think it's one in four now, I think latest research, some yeah. form of disorder anxiety. So this means stuff like panic disorder. Mm-hmm. You know, panic disorder is when you have a big giant panic attack and you're terrified of it happening again. So you focus on never having one again, which consumes your life, you know, just focusing on not, not having a panic attack. Your health anxiety and OCD, you know, obsessing about, I bet everyone can relate to this no matter what. They've Googled their (laughs) symptom and the next minute they're planning their funeral. Um, You've got things like obsessive compulsive disorder, yeah, OCD, which is mostly intrusive thoughts, uh, weird taboo-ridden intrusive thoughts, and then we have compulsions to try um, and kind of minimise the distress that those thoughts cause. Um, You've got things like generalized anxiety, which is a mixture of kind of outer anxiety and inner anxiety. You're just basically constantly what if, what if this, what if that, what if that, what if that, what if that, and we we ruminate and give that attention. Um, So, and you've got social anxiety, you know, know, you've got social anxiety when you have a social event and you're ruminating before it, hours before it, during it, you know, scanning, did I say something bad? Am I, are they judging me? Blah, blah, blah. And then hours after it, days after it, oh, did I offend someone? Blah, blah. Yeah. They're the different types of anxiety and they're the different types of disordered anxiety. Now, the reason why we get it, and this is why I like the word disorder. Lots of my therapy colleagues don't like the word disorder. They think I'm medicalizing mental health and they want yeah. to burn me at the stake. But I like the, <laughs> literally like the word disorder because it means something that isn't in order. And so what happens is anxiety is our threat response. Mm-hmm. And it's brilliant. And we know it's our threat responses are fight or flight, well, uh, fight, flight, freeze or fawn. Um, yeah. And it's a response that we all have, really helpful for our ancestors. You know, it's a narrative that's been exhausted, but I'll go over it anyway. Um, and for our ancestors, it was super duper cool to have a mechanism that, you know, if a bear jumped out of a, the woods and started attacking us, we can either fight it. Or run away. Or run away. Yeah. No, I'm 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 a northerner, so obviously I'd fight it because I'm well odd. But like <laughs> so, so, you're talking people, to a Scottish girl here, you yeah, know that, right? Exactly. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> 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 you put a saddle on it and ride into the into the, into the horizon. There go out. Yeah, tame the master. Um, but yeah, uh, and and that, but that's like the obvious kind of thing that people know about fight or flight what people don't really know about fight or flight and it's really important and this is because it applies to our worry today is that the most powerful mechanism in our brain is is our inner meerkat so we've got an inner bear you know like come on let's fight we've got an inner meerkat and it makes us the strongest most dangerous predator in the world so we have a mechanism in our brains that makes us doubt I'm thinking, yeah, I can relate to doubt. I'm doubting all the time. You know? And you know you're doubting when you've got what-if thoughts, feelings of doom, dread, terror, you know, just or a feeling of unease. That's that mechanism from thousands of years ago going off right now. Now, for our ancestors, it was super helpful because if I'm walking across the Serengeti trying to avoid predators with my tribe, I've got a mechanism that makes me doubt. And yeah. it's like, What's that going to do? Well, it's going to make me look up. It's going to make me scan the horizon. Yeah. It's going to make me look for dangers. And then suddenly, yeah, actually a mile away, there's a pride alliance. Yeah. Brilliant. They've not seen yeah. me. I've seen them. Yeah. And now, I can, now I've got the options. I can sneak, can avoid them. 
I can wait till I fall asleep and and whatever. I have a Lion King themed barbecue. I don't, <laughs> don't matter. I can do those things. Yeah. Because of that doubt that made me feel scared. Same walking past the cave, you know, ooh, doubt that there's something in that cave. So I'm going to yeah. be fixated on the cave. So if something does jump out, I've got my spear ready. Come on, then I'll have you. Whereas if I'm chatting about Netflix with my mate walking past the cave, I could be, you know, I could be mincemeat. Yeah. Now, this is where people say, well, why, why do we have that now? Like, well, because we've never evolved it. It's never yeah. evolved that part. So instead of uh, the cave or Pride Alliance, threats become things subjective, like work worries, self-esteem, money, bills, stuff that our ancestors didn't care about, but that becomes the worry, the work list. You know it, like I shoulds, to-do lists, things like yeah. that. That yeah. becomes the threat. And then people get excessively anxious when they keep thanking that threat response. Or, yeah. So every time you say, oh, I should, I should, then you're just thanking it. So you're just going to keep getting I shoulds, I shoulds, I shoulds. Anyway, yeah. before I go off on a tangent, that's basically why we get off on, uh, we get yeah, anger, yeah, we yeah. get anxiety. It's the Absolutely. same doubting mechanism. Yeah. And I guess that must have got worse generally through the last couple of years in the pandemic and, and everything. Has, has this been on the rise or was it on the rise before that? Massively, yeah. Particularly yeah. with anxiety disorders. Uh, my yeah. interesting, like looking through like the sales of my book, like it's it, 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 my old book trailed off, does all right, sales off, whatever. Not a new book, been out for ages. And then as soon as the pandemic hit, everything jumped. What does that tell you? I was wow. like, whoa, you know. Um, and my inquiries through the roof, my therapy colleagues through the roof. Yeah. Um, yeah. And a lot of that as well, though is because a lot of people were forced to withdraw, to yeah. self-isolate, protect. And when you take someone who's constantly channels their anxiety into outward stuff, like being productive, yeah. and then you put them in a ro- room where they can't be productive, they yeah. ruminate. They go from outwards to inwards, and that's why their anxiety shoots up. You know, um, That's one of my theories on it as well. Also, people with emotions, like, People have been through a lot of rubbish and they cope with that by, um, yeah, just doing outward stuff. But when that's taken away from you, you're forced to sit with your own thoughts and feelings. And how or what is, what are the different approaches to, to managing anxiety? Like, does, does every, should everyone be speaking to a therapist? Should everyone be in some sort of... I don't know, treatment for this kind of stuff? Are there techniques? What do you suggest? I suggest, it's a good question. I suggest getting help when anxiety is, you know, the majority of your days are dictated by worry and a sense of unease. Um, that's when you know that anxiety has become a problem. We're all allowed to worry and stuff. You mm-hmm. know, if you're sat there and you're worried about work, pandemics, whatever, health, whatever, these things that we're allowed to worry. Anxiety itself is not an illness. But when it becomes disordered and excessive, that's the moment where we get help. So mm-hmm. it's like, okay. Um, and my first protocol for that is psychoeducation. So if any of this resonates with you on this, the, the inwards anxiety, I personally like things like cognitive behavioral therapy and a mixture with, a mixture of cognitive behavioral therapy and talking therapy. Um, because if it's fear of fear, which is what I specialize in, you know, fear of misinterpretation of fear, that modality is fantastic. Whereas if you're just anxious because you've got a lot of outwards worry building up and building up and building up, 
or maybe some worry from the past, like grief or trauma or abuse that you want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Then I look at a mixture of kind of, you know, trauma-informed therapy, talking therapy, open-ended therapy. Um, and that that would be my advice. Yeah, definitely. Also talk to your doctor and things like that. Yeah. Uh, but also, and I say that to people, the doctor will recommend medication as an option. Um, but again, emphasis on option. It has to be your choice. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And you, I hope you don't mind me asking, but you've suffered with anxiety yourself. So how was that for you? How was that process? Um, how did you manage to overcome it? And what was what was your turning point, I guess? Oh, uh, yeah. So like I... I developed an anxiety disorder um, during a very extremely stressful time in my life. Uh, usually the case for most people that develop it. Uh, I was working a pupil referral unit for children who've been excluded from mainstream school. Uh, I love that. I love that job, but it was stressful. Um, and at the time, I was also a primary carer for my younger brother who was dying from cancer. I had also just finished university. I was addicted to cannabis, broke um basically not in a great um time of my life i like to use the jug analogy because it applies to me and everyone else is that when we get loads and loads of stress and it builds up it fills up our stress jug just like it was for me and it was building up and building up and building up building up when it overflows that threat response that doubt response in your brain triggers uh, an adrenaline rush, an acute threat response, or a panic attack, as, as, as it's more colloquially like known. Yeah, and that's what happened to me. I was in work; all this was going on. Suddenly, I was just making a cup of tea, and I felt like high, like wow, you know, like like a like whoa. Why do I feel so high? It's like eight in the morning. Yeah, and then I suddenly felt detached. I just felt weird. If you ever watched The Matrix or something like that, I'm like. Yeah. Whoa. Like everything looked normal, but I didn't think, feel normal. And I, mm-hmm. I looked at my hand, my hands didn't feel like mine. My voice didn't feel like mine. Uh, someone came in and their face looked like clay. I was like, oh God, I've, I've done it. I've broken my brain. <laughs> like, wow. I'm, I'm, going nu- I'm going nuts. Here. Yeah. Um, this is my first panic attack. I didn't know I, what it was. That must be terrifying. Yeah. It was absolutely terrifying. Why yeah. is a ghost? And in hindsight, I did one of the worst things you could do. I went home to to work it out to get better. Yeah. Now, obviously, I needed a rest. It was it was burnout as well. But like, I went home absolutely petrified. I didn't eat. I didn't sleep. I was constantly obsessed and fixating on how I felt. Um, and obviously, when you don't eat, you don't sleep. It doesn't help things. Yeah. Um, I didn't know what was going on with me. Googling and some people saying like it's anxiety. I'm like, this doesn't feel like anxiety. This feels mm-hmm. like something's wrong with me. Went to the doctor. <laughs> Went to the doctor. was like, hey, doc, I feel dissociated. Nothing feels real. Are these hands mine? My voice feels like someone else's. And he's just there like, okay, uh, we have another one. Um, but actually it was a harmless, like it was a harmless panic attack. And then I was stuck yeah. in the loop of peaking anxiety where I was so afraid of what happened to me. I just didn't want it to get out of control. And this is how it starts for a lot of people. Um, At the time, I was only looking after my brother. So a blessing in disguise is that there were things more important than me and my condition at the time. And then my brother needed more help. Um, I became very depressed as well. 
Um, and so what I did was like, right, I need to kind of work this out, whatever. And I finally found some information in the the mud about what was going on. Some describing that derealization feeling. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm not the only one. And it's quite common. I was like, oh. And learning that it just thrives the more you fixate on it, stuff like that. And I basically just learned about anxiety disorders so I could get better for my brother. Uh, and I did. And I've read some good books, books like, like uh, by Claire Weeks, Paul David, stuff like that. Obviously, I've written my books now, which are way better. But like, <laughs> modern. But like, that's that. That's where it was at. Big credit to them, saved my life. And yeah, just and I just went from there. And I was so there was such a scarcity of proper information about anxiety, not just yeah. barely breathe when you're scared, you know, kind of things like that. So much lack of information. So I just wanted to do this as a job. So mm-hmm. I went and studied, did my masters in psychotherapy did some CBT stuff and that's where I'm at now. And is it, is it your calling? Do you love it? Is it everything yeah. you hoped it would be? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. I love it. It's, I'm in passion. We terrible on a first date because that's my impact. <laughs> Let's talk about anxiety disorder. But like, um, but yeah, I, I do. I, I love it. And you know, I, I convey it. That's, I think it, for me, it's like, why doesn't, why don't more people talk about this? properly yeah you know not not just oh it's world mental health week let's let's say anxiety is bad depression is bad not like wow let's let's talk about this properly um i think that's why i like things like my instagram do really well because yeah. i'm not dropping anything unique i'm just talking about stuff that yeah. needs to be said talked about why is it so taboo i mean it's obviously always been a thing mental health issues are difficult for people to speak about and and they kind of it's it's almost oh that person has that thing you know but why is it still like that I mean we're in a we're in a society now where there's so much that we're embracing that's different from from before why is anxiety and mental health issues still still such a problem to talk about yeah I mean that one's uh it's it's down something called introjected beliefs um Carl Rogers used the word introjection it's when you absorb a belief system from either directly from someone mm-hmm. or you infer it from an experience okay. so for example if i'm the, the problem is emotional conservatism mm-hmm. and we interject that we learn that's passed down emotional mm-hmm. conservatism is when it's the reverence of holding in your emotions and it's misinterpreted as strength okay. that was super helpful in world war one world war two yeah didn't have time to mess about you yeah. know it was we, we huddled down as a collective shut up get on with it the bombers are coming. We don't care about your problems. We need to survive. Yeah. You know, we're in this together. Uh, and that kind of stiff upper lip thing. And yeah, it was needed then. That's great. You know, um, unfortunately, the war isn't, you know, isn't in the skies or on the, on the streets anymore. If you look at the statistics for men, the war is in their head. You know, the biggest killer of men is suicide. Yeah. Shocking. It's More than horrific. cancer. More yeah. like people like, yeah. yeah. And so this is in part down to emotional conservatism Mm -hmm. and things like patriarchal structures. So like which emotional conservatism is part of. So talking about interjections. So if I'm, as an example, if I can interject an emotionally conservative belief, which sucks. um, uh, If I'm at a funeral and crying because my grandma died, that's a sad thing. I'm never going to see my grandma again. Well, according to my belief system anyway. Uh, I'm never going to see her again. And to comprehend what's happened, 
my brain has a wonderful mechanism that I can process emotions. It's called crying. It's great. It's why it was there, you know? Um, and as I'm crying, my uncle comes over and he puts his hand on me and goes, don't cry, be strong for your grandma, you know? And that is a shadow and echo of, of nonsense. Why, why would I not cry? It was like sad, wow. you know? Yeah. And that's when people prioritizing emotional conservatism Mm -hmm. and and men do it women do it it doesn't matter and and it's when you conflate strength and not showing emotion and that's just nonsense you know Mm -hmm. some of the hardest people in the world show strength people like heavyweight champion of the world tyson fury yeah constantly talks about his manic depression and i was in tears you know um anthony joshua having panic attacks things like that what is strength now and slowly we're on unraveling it but yeah i mean I just, uh, part of what I like to do is just change the narrative of what strength is. You know, I've, I've recorded a live panic attack before in the past. Oh, <laughs> like, but that's me being super courageous. I'm like, it's, Look. it's amazing. I just don't know how you'd have the wherewithal to do it. Like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Just, I, t- I was walking through the park one day and I suddenly just had that same feeling that I feel yeah. high, I feel dissociated. Oh my God, here we go. A pounding heart, freaking yeah. out. What if thoughts? Oh my God, the urge to escape. And then I thought, why don't I just channel this into something helpful? I was like, right, rather than just talking to myself, I'm going to just record it on, on social media. But I'm having a panic attack, and it is obvious I'm having a panic attack. <laughs> and I'm stood in the middle of in public, so I, mm-hmm. I don't care. Uh, uh, and I sit down, and I just talk. I was talking myself and other people through it. And people still love that to this day. They're like, wow, I can't believe it's it. It's amazing. Uh, but, yeah, it's stopping that emotional conservatism. And we've still, still got a long way to go, no matter how many like mental health weeks or whatever it just doesn't matter it's like when is it truly okay to do that and I try to model it the best I like football I like supporting Newcastle United I remember going with my mates we went away to West Brom and they're all you know lads lads whatever and I I don't mind you know I like that culture the good parts of that culture the bad parts don't but we're there having a few beers enjoying ourselves and I just felt really emotional I'm just like crying I was like you're right I'm like yeah I'm just just felt emotional because I've not done this for so long. And they're like, all right. You know, and then they were like, <laughs> 60 seconds later, they were like, it's not getting you out of a beer though, is it? Like, you know, go and get the beers then. Like, and that was it. That was normalized. And they're yeah. really, I've grew up with some Northern lads, lads, guys. Yeah. And I took a step there. And, and, and I know that not immediately in that moment, but maybe two years later, I know like my mate would come out and say something to me, but like, you know, I've been having these intrusive thoughts and stuff. Is that normal? Am I normal? I'm like, well, thanks for opening up. Yeah. Actually, it is normal. There it is. All from modeling an anti-emotionally conservative view. Obviously, you can go the, be the opposite and be, you know, neurotic, self-obsessed and performing. And they don't help the cause. But in general, no. just assume that people are, you know, like are, are, are conveying with honesty. That's amazing. That is actually amazing because I've worked, I've worked for myself for years now, but I remember being in corporate worlds where, I mean, I probably was far too emotional. Let's be honest. I was like early twenties and, you know, get upset because the printer wasn't working, but it was definitely, I mean, I mean, a legal world is like the most, it's so hard um, in lots of ways, but it's, it's very harsh culture generally speaking and I mean obviously we've got a lot of problems with men and mental health but in the in the 
and I'm sure they they exist. I just don't happen to be a man, so I, I don't I don't know in the legal world. But for women, it's very you can't show your emotions because that's why women don't get promoted. That's why women struggle because they're they're too emotional. And I wonder, I've been out in the world for a while now, but I, I would hope that that's maybe starting to shift a little bit. I don't, I don't know though. I'd hope so. A little bit. I don't, I think it's, it's still there. I think again, yeah. and, and it's about, you know, the patriarchal structures, um, which, which we're trying to challenge more and more, um, but they exist. And I, and I reiterate, when you say patriarchy, like men and women lose in the patriarchy. Um, yeah. they, they, they benefit a minority of men at the mm-hmm. top and even yeah. sometimes women at the top. Yeah. But that patriarchal structure is, you know, it, it's the reason why a lot of us kind of struggle and those kind of f- traits and facets trickle down, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, and again, we can challenge that and, and, and stuff, but definitely like the legal world and stuff like that. Talking about the stress jug, you just got to be, keep an eye on that stuff. Yeah. If you're a small business owner, keep an eye on that. You've got so much stuff. Try and delegate if you can. You know, I I got an account. I thought I was amazing doing all my own accounts and stuff. And I realized it just filled a stress jug. Now yeah. I pay an accountant. One of the best things I've ever, I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. You know, uh, and it's just brilliant. Just stuff like that. You know, um, paying someone to communicate for on behalf of you if you've got a legal dispute. I've done that in the past. It does take the pressure off. Yeah. You know, instead doing stuff, emptying your jug is really super important. And um, yeah, just worrying about that. Also, I always when I come and do these things, one of the best advice I do is boundaries. For the you know, you have to have personal boundaries. Yeah, particularly time boundaries. Now, I bet you're guilty of this because I am too, being hypocrite. <laughs> but like, I'm better at it now. But like, when it hits a certain time, no work. Yeah, laptop shuts. I don't care. Yeah, but I've got all these things. Yeah, but you'll always have the next thing to do. Yeah, you know. Uh, boundaries in terms of your break. Now, I don't obviously you can't see it. you can see me, but obviously we're on a podcast. But you know, I've got the, <laughs> the beanbag of of rest there. So after this, yeah. actually, I'll go and sit on the beanbag and watch some TV for half an hour before I see my clients this afternoon. Or I could spend that time just doing emails. And by the time I see my clients, my stress drugs going up and up and up and up and up. Yeah. And then when I get home, I nasty snapping at my partner and all that stuff. Like, just... yeah. But boundaries are so important. And so a purely selfish question then, because this is something that I personally have tried, small business owner, you know, it's, it is difficult to set boundaries and, uh, you know, a legal firm, you've got clients who want you immediately all the time and everything is urgent, blah, blah, blah. We, we know the script. So if I personally would try and set boundaries, for instance, I don't work a Saturday, that would be a boundary I'd try and set, right? I don't work Saturday. But then I guess the problem that a lot of people experience is, you spend the Saturday worrying about what emails have come in, what what clients are panicking, what who needs what. Do you have any kind of tips for overcoming that? I mean, I guess it's putting the boundaries in place is really, really important, but how do you not become anxious about the boundaries? The, those worries there that you've listed, so if, if you're worried about on having a boundary in, and on Saturday you don't check your email and then you're having catastrophic what-ifs like, what if a client isn't happy? What if uh, I've missed an important email? What if that? Then what you're actually saying to the brain there is, I don't believe I can t- cope and deal with this in the time I've allotted to myself. Yes, you can. Yeah. It yeah. becomes a self-esteem issue. Yeah. It's like 
Yes, you can. You can be smarter with your time. Whereas you're just training the brain to stay in meerkat mode <laughs> because you never switch off. Yeah. So your ancestors would be sat on top of the mountain looking for predators and you're doing exactly the same mechanism anyway mm-hmm. by rather than sitting and resting, I call it a gear analogy in my practice, you're still in third, fourth, fifth gear just because you're not in work, just because you're not yeah. in the office doesn't mean you're not working. You're still working. Yeah. You're still working like Saturday, Saturday, and then you're not getting paid for those hours because they're yeah. not the hours that you pay yourself for, yeah. you know? Um, and so that was, I would say is, well, why don't you try it? Get good at it. Yeah. Challenge those beliefs. If I don't check my emails Saturday and Sunday, how will I cope on Monday? And 99% of the time you surprise yourself. You're like, actually, it was fine. I have, I have, the, best, <laughs> I have the best of both worlds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I enjoy my weekend and that. And you know what? I take a slightly busier Monday yeah. than ruminating all weekend. Yeah, I think that's really, really helpful. Um, Josh, this has been like an absolute knowledge bomb explosion. This has just been amazing. Um, I'm sure there'll be loads of people that listen that maybe want to follow you, maybe want to get in touch with you um, to talk more. How can they How can they get in touch? Where can people find you? Uh, well, my name is Joshua Fletcher. You can type that in to Google and see my face, uh, which is cool. <laughs> if you have a, a Googling yourself, it's really cool. Um, uh, or on social media, I, I do I do a lot of work. Uh, Anxiety Josh, um, or my main website is schoolofanxiety.com, and you see I got there's loads of free resources stuff on that if you're interested. Or but if you're into the disordered anxiety stuff, there's loads of stuff on there as well. Amazing! Thank you so much for giving us up your really valuable time today. Really, really appreciate it, and um, have a great day. Well, thank you for having me on. Lovely. Cheers. Thanks. If you'd like to hear more about the Legal Leverage Framework and access some free resources, including free guides and trainings, pop over to our website, which is jamesonlaw.legal, and click on free resources. We hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. Tune in to our next episode to learn more about how to grow and scale your business the right way. Oops, 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 oops.